You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Loria Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Well, hello, all my Be In Demand listeners. I have a treat for you. And I I swear, every time I have a guest, I say the same thing. I've got a treat. That's just because I love all of my guests. But we're, I brought on a special, a very special woman. She's a special friend of mine also. And we are really going to be talking about women and our voices and speaking up and having that confidence to share what's inside with the rest of the world. So I am going to let the wonderful Sylvia actually introduce herself. Well, thank you so much, Lorianne, for having me on your podcast. When you sent the email asking me, that was just a no brainer. It was, yes, I want to be there. We talk about very, very similar things in our line of work. So I thought this was going to be a really fun uh, conversation because you get it, you get it. What the what our women are, are what our people are dealing with. Uh, well, I am Sylvia coming live right now. I am in Montreal, Canada. I am. I wear different hats, Lorianne, but all of the hats, all of my life has had to do with voice. I was a singer when I was young. I remember making up songs, you know, like a young Taylor Swift. Uh, and then I, I formalized that and, and did a bachelor's of education, um, quickly realized I was not a diva. I was not a classical singer. Um, so left the stage there, but, uh, went into management. Um, you, I guess, elaborating other people's messages mm. and that's their voices as well through large scale events and fundraising. I then left that and did, uh, I recertified, I was 40 and pregnant with my third baby and I wanted to have more impact. I decided to become a doula. And I realize now that that was also advocating for women's voices on a different level right. in the birth room, not screaming, oh my God, I'm giving birth, but you know, I want the most positive birth possible. How can you help me have that? And uh, I've been running that company for 10 years. I have also, I am also a voice over actor uh, and sharing my voices and helping people sell their products and sell their ideas through uh, video and radio and TV. And then I spend a lot of my time helping women use their voices as a visibility coach. So it's been quite recent that I had the aha that all of my, all of my parcours, as we would say here in Montreal in French, my, my arc has been about the voice. So wow. that is, I'm a mom of three kids. They're 11. No, they're let me do this in order. Nine, 11, 13. I've been with my sweetheart for 20 years. I live mm-hmm. by the water. I'm from the West coast, but I live in the East coast. So fun. I don't drink coffee. I don't know. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I have so many questions for you, but um, here's a couple of questions that I have just to kind of like warm us up oh. to this interview. And th- these are a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. What are you super proud of? Wow. So many things, so many things. And you know, that, but my kids popped up first, uh, when I had, you know, I, I didn't know you were going to ask that. So, but they did pop right. up. So I, I'll, I'll be a good mom. <laughs> 
uh, giving, uh, but let's say giving birth in the way that I wanted to. And I was very lucky that all the stars aligned and I had a wonderful team. And that's what got me to becoming a doula at the time to share that, that birth can be positive and powerful and beautiful. And it doesn't have to look like an ER episode right. uh, all the time. So the drama, so very proud of that. Um, my businesses launching into business without knowing too much about it and creating the life that I want to be living. I think I, I am proud of that as well. That's very nice. Mm. I have more to ask you on that. <laughs> so what habit here's question number two is what okay. habit? I feel like I'm on a game show, Lori. Yeah. Don't you? What habit could you not live without? <laughs> what habit? Okay. Well, the, f- <laughs> I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? Oh my gosh. I, I went to my favorite drink and I was like, but you know, it's not coffee, but I like rum and Cokes on the weekend, but you know, that's not a favorite habit, I guess. But, um, uh, I walk, I love to being out in nature and I love the aspect. My ritual about around walking is part. It, it is to be physical and movement. It is to be out in nature. I talk to the trees. I talk to the water and the grass. Uh, they answer back, you know, um, and I, when I get to my, you know, halfway point, I will sit and I will meditate, whatever that looks like for me, sit in silence. And then on the way back, well, on the way I was listening to podcasts um, and, or audible books. So getting, I, I, I cover a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, markers with that walk in the morning. And then on my way back, I take all the sound out and I just really am in tune with the sounds around me. And then I come back in the morning and then I'm refreshed and I'm ready to go. I've set my intentions for the day. I love so that, that is a habit that I, I took that after my little one was three and I hadn't been exercising for a long time. And I um, started having some issues as a lot of postpartum moms do and really needed to hone in on that well-being factor. Cause I wasn't taking care of myself as a mom of with three mm-hmm. kids under, you know, in four year span. Wow. Wow. I, you know, I, I do hear, um, that question of walking as a habit from a lot of my guests and I completely agree. It's like, I feel like I have to get out of the house at least once a day. And I, I try to make it that intention that it's, you know, like just to get out in nature, just to be outside. Well, it's so grounding. And I, I am a person, I am grounded, but I think that helps me stay grounded as well when everything all the chaos and all of the rumbles that are happening in the world. Well, that's my safe haven. That is my, I feel, you know, mother earth doesn't let us down. And uh, so that I'm very, very uplifted in that's, those are my, that's my happy, that's my happy spot. Yeah. Nice. So let's talk about women, their voices or hiding in the shadows. I know um, personally from my past experience, I'm a reformed, painfully shy girl mm-hmm. who was, you know, like couldn't even make eye contact, let alone talk to people. And, you know, somewhere along the line, like I just intuitively knew that it wasn't going to serve me in the long run. So I did like, you know, that's how I was able to teach myself to make eye contact and talk to people because like, I would do it for a few seconds and then like, okay, they didn't bite. I didn't, the ground didn't swallow <laughs> me up. I can do it again. You didn't so, die, Lorianne. You didn't I, die. I didn't, I didn't, but I see it in my clients, you know, and you and I talked before we started hitting record, you know, it's just something that we see, you know, us like 
like don't mm. we can't you know like we can't talk we can't say what's really on our mind or what's really on our heart what the hell is wrong with us? what's going on why you know, and I don't want to generalize and like, cause some people say, well, I'm not like that. And I was like, well, no, not everybody, but you just come further along, but there are a lot. And I think it comes down to the, the upbringings that we've had as children, you know, um, not to raise your voice, not to ask questions, not to be curious and, and being banished when you are, uh, you know, talking loudly and uh, having kids, I can see <laughs> that can, <laughs> that can happen. Um, a lot of fear. I think it's really just so much fear. And again, because perhaps in, in past you were knocked down for raising the voice or, you know, made to feel stupid when you raised your hand in class and didn't get the right answer. People might've laughed at you. And those messages, as we talk a lot, um, in the groups that we're in about, you know, the stories that those, that creates, it just needs to happen one time. Oh yeah. Um, you know, when I worked with children and singing, if a lot of them already had that, no, I was told I'm not a good singer, you know, or I'm not allowed to, to sing in class because I'm like, oh my gosh, who are these adults teaching the children, these things. And I think then it just goes with us. I was painfully shy too. So, so much. So Laurie, I would cross the road when I would see other teenagers coming my way, I just did not want like, so not even, not even looking at them. I yep. would just cross the road and then cross back. <laughs> right. I, I, I can totally relate to that, but that's something that now that like in hindsight, like I'm looking back on it um, a couple of years ago, I realized I learned that from my mother. There you go. My mother is creative <gasps> <of> people. <sighs> Yeah, so she would right? like grocery store, like, you know, here's the cart. We're walking down the aisle. She sees one of our neighbors down the, she other, runs other, the end, other way, runs the other way. So I'm just this little young kid. And so that's what I, yes. you're right. Like we just learned this. I saw yeah. this over and over again. And I just thought that's what you're, that's what you do. do. You see someone while now I must say, I, I get riled up when I see people on my street and I'm, I'm walking right by them and they don't even look at you. Like we're the only two people on this, right? Just <laughs> say, hello, I am here. Do you not see me? <laughs> so I say hello to everybody, <laughs> uh, but somewhere along the way, you know, these stories, like you said, we learn them uh, and we bring them into our adulthood. Un until that moment, we become aware. Uh, I remember the same thing, getting to university. I was quite shy in high school, but getting to university, different stage. And I said, I'm, and I was in music, classical singing. So you did they had a lot of people that were very extroverted and, uh, and all about performance. So I said, well, if I'm going to have to play that game, I'm, I'm going to play the game. So I came out of my shell and and thankfully, because that's the true me who I had been hiding. Yeah. And it was all fear-based. You know, what if, you know, I, I remember taking singing lessons. What if they don't like my voice? What if they criticize? And here I went into a classical music program where that's all they do all day long is you sing, you criticize and you get feedback, right? So, um, which I realized, oh, that is like, that's hard. That's hard. You have to have a strong backbone. And I finished the degree. Um, and had a wonderful time, but, uh, yes, fear, fear of being seen, fear of being heard, fear of being criticized and judged and laughed at. Look at all the, all the list. There's, there's such a huge list of the different fears that, mm. that hold us back, not just from speaking from so oh. many 
just like from so, like yeah from life yes right life. like look at your mom I mean mm-hmm. you know uh and and like the fear there what what you know had she had those conversations maybe she would have had more friends I don't know I don't know your mom <laughs> but right yeah. if we take that step and take that inspired action how our lives could be different and not even just like my mom's life but like how would that have trickled down to like her four daughters and, you know, three of my, uh, of my sisters, they all have children. Like what, what, what is the ripple effect of just one person learning to speak up, share their voice, you know, not being, you know, like in you and I, uh, you know, this is something that we talk about a lot too, is like not being attached to Mm -hmm. what we say and like, just being curious and asking questions and like, why is something like that? And why can't I just say, Hey, I don't like what's happening here. Or like, Hey, I'd really like to enjoy this a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, instead we just kind of. Well, it, 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 we do. And, and we clam up, but I work with business women, women entrepreneurs in their prime. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you're in your prime. If you are in your prime, if, if you're asking, am I in my prime? Then you probably are not yet. So. <laughs> You're too young. You're under prime. <laughs> you're under prime. Uh, you're not there yet. But no, I. If you are hiding in your business, and even if you are in a career and you are hiding, you, you know that you just can't sell in your business if you're hiding. If you're too worried about what people are gonna, you know, you will always be judged, yes. no matter what you do, what you say. There's always gonna be someone who doesn't, you know. But doesn't here, here's what's funny about that that whole judgment thing is that, mm-hmm. you know, judgment can be. Um, it can be like, usually when we hear the word judgment, we think of it's negative, but mm-hmm. what if the judgment is positive, oh, yes. you know, but we always go for the criticism. The yeah. Criticism instead of like, wow, you have a great voice. That message that you just shared that I saw, saw you do that live. That was great. But mm-hmm. we instantly go to people are going to judge me and it's going to be negative and, and hurtful. Oh yeah. The thing, you know, I I will entice as a visibility coach, entice clients to go live on Facebook to even, even posting though. Some people are not even at the stage of doing video and live and speaking like, you know, you, your clients on stage, sometimes just to even post their thoughts and taking a stand for what you believe in and what you are passionate about. That even needs to be a first step for many And if you've not been taught to share your ideas and encouraged to do so, you know, there's a, there's work to do there. So we do a lot of delving into, you know, who are you? What are your dreams? You are, you matter just because you you're on this planet. You matter. I want to know, you know, I was having a, um, a conversation earlier today with another woman. And like, for me, like one of the things that, um, propels me like in my business and in the work that I do with clients is that I don't want to have any regrets. Mm -hmm. So like five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, I don't ever want to look back and regret what I didn't do. So that like that, that's the fire under my butt, but I know like a lot of people, you know, like even a lot of my clients, like that that doesn't work for them because it's just like, it's the, I'll do it later excuse. And you know, like, we know like later just never happens. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. 
I think too, I, I, uh, I had a big milestone birthday this year. I will say that uh, yes, uh, I joined a certain 50 club, club, the 5.0 club. I like that one. I joined Welcome. the 5.0. Welcome Sylvia. to the fifth generation club, as yeah, I like to call you. it. <laughs> I like that one. And I think as we get older, I, there is a certain, I think sometimes I see a lot of it in the women I work with. It does click that, you know, yeah, I, I actually don't care what everyone else thinks. I think we care more in our 20s and in our 30s. We're often looking for love, looking for partnerships and friends and communities to belong to. Once we've done all that, we have our cores, our core, you know, people in our lives. Then I think as we age that experience, we, it can allow us to move into that space where, you know what? I don't, I don't give a damn. I, I really don't. <laughs> I think it's freeing to be able it's to very share, your, share your thoughts, share your voice. I mean, like talk about like when you share something, when you get it out of you, it's like, you just, for me, it's like, I just feel so much lighter. The release. Yes. Release. Yes. Yeah. And I think alignment too. I know when I am not being my true self and I'm hiding because I hide, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, you know, as we're up leveling or, mm-hmm. you know, as we up level, no matter what level we're at, you, there's always going to be, you know, a ceiling there that you're like, Oh, this is feeling prickly now. And I need to move past it. So we we all experience that. Uh, and it's what we, you know, what that next step is, what are, you know, are we going to allow the fear mm-hmm. to take the wheel of our life? Or are we going to just say, you know, thanks, thanks for, you know, showing up telling, you know, me, you're afraid. I talk a lot about the inner critic, you know, and not banishing her, but actually embracing her and thanking her and putting her in a timeout. And so that you can still move forward. Do you have a name for her? (laughs) I'm going to share with you the name of, of my inner critic that tells me to hide. Yeah. I want to know, Loria, what's your name? What's her name? Eunice. Eunice. And, you know, like when I told my coach this, because she, she was the one, she was like, well, name it. And I said, Eunice. And she was like, that's such an old name. And I said, that's exactly it. So, well, I will share. I uh, did a workshop a couple of weeks ago and we did this inner critic exercise and I did it with my podcast co-host, my friend, Jenny. Uh, and she said her inner critic's name is Phyllis. So Eunice and Phyllis. And then one of our other guests said her name, her critic's name is Gladys. So we've got an is going on. We got Eunice and Gladys and Phyllis all just hanging out and having tea together. Yes. I'm like picturing, picturing like this, like almost as a greeting card now. Yes. With the three, I haven't named mine, but now I'm going to have to find name. I think you've got to find a name. If any of you listening out there have some suggestions, please pop them in the comments. Yes. I, you know, what else this is making me think of is um, a lot. One of the things that I used to say when I was um, doing executive coaching, you know, you think of like the board of directors, kind of like as your critic, sometimes it's like, you know, like the board of directors that is, you know, it's like, I would tell my clients, tell your board of directors that, you know, the meetings ended, that they could, they are all free to leave and go on vacation, you know? And so I'm picturing all of these like older clients, <laughs> our is, our is, yes. you know, it's like, okay, ladies, it's tea, tea time's over. Tea time is over. That is right. And move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. So important. Yeah. So, you know, from your college music degree, you became a, mu- a voiceover actress. Mm-hmm. 
can you, I'm super curious because I would think, well, like with every, any job that I ever had, I just learned so much about myself. And the fact that like, we're talking about voice and sharing your voice and you were actually a voiceover actress. And as you explained in your, your intro that you were using your voice to sell other people's products and services. What my first question is, um, how did you get into that work? And the second question is, what did you learn about yourself and mm-hmm. your voice? Yeah, great question. I got into that, uh, I would say, to, yeah, maybe between 10 and 15 years ago. Uh, and having a classical voice training, I mean, again, voice always having been there and singing and learning diction and learning phrase structure and all of that really, really helped me. But I never went out and, and you know, said, I want to be a voice actor like so many people do. Um, I, I was too shy to be in front of the camera growing up. So I never took that, but I, you know, took lessons or acting lessons, but I had the opportunity to uh, do some, my husband is in production uh, for film and video. And he was like, can you read this? Um, and we're going to record it and I'll get the professionals. They're going to come in, but we're going to edit it on, on your voice. And the professionals will come in and do it. You know? And I was like, okay, sure. And I'll just read it off. And he's like, Hey, you've got a knack for this. He says, maybe you should uh, look into it. And he had knew an agent uh, who, uh, you know, was looking for some, some new clients. And well, actually I say they were looking, but actually I, I sent my demo. We did a demo and she said, oh, I already have voices like yours. I'll try and send it, send it out to some auditions and see what happens. And then I, the next day did an audition. They hired me. And then she wrote back saying, you're on the roster. We want you. So, <laughs> So talk about opportunities, right? It's and and not hiding. Had I been hiding and not wanting to, you know, I you know said let's do this. It was fun. It was something that I had not looked into before, and then here we are, you know, ten years later. Uh, yeah, I don't do character voices. That's not my style. But I do a lot of e-learning commercials on television. I do some character and roles, but uh, it's so diverse. So diverse training manuals for lots of you know Air Canada different different companies. Um, And what did I learn about myself? Well, you have to get over the the fear of listening to your own voice and the criticism that comes with listening to your own voice, Mm -hmm. because that is a lot. I'm sure if you do that exercise where you get your clients to film themselves and they have to watch themselves or listen to themselves, then, you know, everyone says, Oh, I hate my voice. I hate my voice. So I've learned to, you know, that's something I learned about myself very early on doing this work is to banish that again, Phyllis, Gladys and Eunice and, (laughs) and then enjoying listening to my, listening to it objectively. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have my clients, um, yeah, you know, not just watch the video of themselves speaking, but then also shut the audio off and watch, <gasps> just watch themselves. And then the third one is to shut the video off and just listen, listen. Yeah. Cause you'll pick up different things from each of them. Oh, so definitely. Right, like and that's very uncomfortable. It's, it is, it is very having uncomfortable, done it. It's uncomfortable, in, but so it's such a learning moment. The national speakers association, NSA, yeah. which I'm a member of, you know, one of the things that we say you know, if other people had to sit and listen and watch you, then you can also. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's true. You know, all the ums and the ahs and the, you know, what do you do with your hands? And uh, as a performer, we did all of that, but singing wise, right? So it's right. Uh, very similar. So it's, yeah. it's that, w- that um one is so, oh. that's such a popular one. And I just tell people like, you don't worry about it. Hmm. That's what, that's what you do with it. You just don't worry about it. Unless it's distracting the audience. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. So, Hey, I know that you just ran a three-part series. I think it was called build your confidence. Yes. I want to talk about that. And like, you know, like what did, you know, like what did people learn? Because I know that you taught your very unique process. Can we talk about that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I created the So Vibrant Framework, and that encompasses three things. It encompasses working on building a confident mindset, a confident voice, and confident inspired action. So the three things, so the mind, the voice, and then putting ourselves out there and uh, the workshop oh, was so lovely. So amazing the, you know, to see everyone come together and to realize that no matter where you are in your journey, confidence comes up. We don't often, yes. uh, the thing is, is that a lot of people think they have to be 100% confident before taking action. They feel that their website has to be perfect, that the copy has to be perfect, that they need to know their messaging. Um, And that's not true. That is not true. It is a learning curve. It is one step. I always say Rome was not built in a day, but it was also built brick by brick. And we just, you know, use these stepping stones. Um, So the conference, that's what exactly what we had. We talked about Eunice and embracing the inner critic. That was, you know, on the first, it was a three day workshop. Then we also talked about, uh, you know, how to show up powerfully. What does that mean to you? Because we often take someone else's definition of what that means. People will say, when I say that, well, let's show up powerfully. Oh, I don't want to do video. You know, I know so-and-so is doing video. I was like, well, it doesn't matter. You like show up. Let's let's it's personal to you. So talking about that. And then the last Um, the last day was cultivating and building your confidence. Mm. I think I called it cultivate and grow your confidence. And really what are the inspired actions that we can, because cultivating and growing, I like that analogy with my love of nature is, you know, a tree grows, but slowly and over time and and she changes. And so do we as business women. And what will that look like? I uh, do share this story a lot is, I would say maybe six or seven years ago, I could not put myself out there. Literally could not. I had performed and I, you know, I, I, you know, these waves come and go and I just could not do Facebook lives or go on YouTube or Instagram, none of that. And then I, I had to work. I worked with someone. I was like, I got to get rid of this. And there were a lot of stories coming up. My hair wasn't nice and I'm too old. All of these lots to do with aging at the time I was in my early forties Uh, And after that work, wow, just like peeling the onions, it opened up and now I can talk anywhere and everywhere. And that just, you know, opened up for me. So that's what I like to do with others. So that workshop, the the three, you know, build your confidence three day workshop was was so fun, so fun. And it leads into my, um, what, what I've created is called so confident community Mm -hmm. where 
It is a membership style platform where we come together and we build our confidence together through different kinds of trainings, uh, you know, where members will practice being confident. We break, we'll break into groups and let's practice our pitches. You have a video you want to show and want some feedback, put it in the group. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I have a, um, a list of books that we're going through as a book club and I love happy hours. I think, you know, that Lorianne. Yes. Uh, so I don't, you know, don't have these ask me anything, but I have happy hours where you can ask me anything. And, <laughs> right. uh, but it really all to build community because I really think that we are stronger together. We just are. Right. I love mm-hmm. that. And I just kind of wanted to go back to that, you know, the hundred percent confident. Yeah. And I don't think we ever get to a hundred percent confident, no. you know, mm. it's just, you know, like how confident do you need to be? you know, because I think it's about teaching our nervous system. Like too many times we think, you know, well, I need to be hundred percent confident in order to be, to do that. But like when, when I really ask my clients, like, well, what does hundred percent confidence really look like? But it's really just about, I think about teaching our nervous system that I can like stand up tall, shoulders back, walk That's into right. a networking event, you know, extend my hand, share my pitch. Um, I recently did, um, about a month or so ago, a podcast episode on your elevator pitch. Cause yeah. now that, you know, when things started to open up, it's like, uh, cause I'm also hosting and we're imper- rusty again. Are we, are we rusty? We need, yes. <laughs> and what I'm noticing is um, I'm like, it's an introduction. <laughs> it's a commercial, not a documentary. It's uh, a commercial. Yes. Not an apology. I'm just mm. hearing people like really ramble on. Oh, yes. I'm grateful that, that they're at least, you know, practicing their, their speaking skills, but let's fine tune them now. So that, you know, like the reason why you came to the networking event is to either educate people on what you do so that you can get referrals or maybe even sign on, you know, get, you know, get some new business from these events also. So. Yeah. And the rambling on remember like, right. I mean, people, if you, if you go on too long and using words that people don't understand, uh, they will, they will tune out just like you tune out when others do that. So it has to be, you know, getting them engaged in what you have to say. And that was with body language and you getting excited. Everything is vibration, yes. everything. So yes. the more we're on this high frequency vibe, they will sense that and get excited and be listening more And then they'll ask questions, right? So you don't have to say everything in that one breath. You just have to come in and say, yes, I help women entrepreneurs in their prime with their visibility and I grow their confidence so they can market themselves with confidence and grow their businesses. And then they, you know, done. Done. So that then I, then I walk up to you afterwards and I'm just like, Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about that? It's like permission to now have like a five to 10 minute conversation. Um, yeah. I love it. Is there any way that people can sign up for the, for our, I'm hoping that you're going to do that three-part series again. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I think I, I definitely will. And for the community, yes, my website would be the best place to go to, which is um, so hyphen vibrant.com. I think it'll be in the show notes. I uh, have a Facebook page an Instagram page, and I have a podcast as well. Tell us, um, tell, tell my listeners about your podcast. Oh, it's so fun. It was a pandemic podcast. Uh, <laughs> I love that. A friend, uh, my best friend from music school, 
who is now also an executive coach and a fundraising expert. We have the best conversations about money and women and how women don't manage their money. And for a lot, like only 50% of women manage their own money. And going forward, you know, the statistic says that men die off first. So a lot of women are left managing their money, but know nothing about it. So we have these wonderful conversations. We said, we have to put this out there. We can't be the only ones having this. So we started a podcast. It's morphed into more than money. It, it morphed into leadership and using your voice, playing bigger, be intentional and conquering those limiting beliefs and stories. And it's called Your Next 50. Uh, and it's all about really what is your next chapter going to say? You are in full control of that chapter. Love. What decisions do you have to make? What choices? Where? What I always call it, what sandbox do you want to play in? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I'm going to make sure that the link to her um, podcast will be down on the show. Mm, thank well. you. So I have two wrap up questions, kind of like the beginning questions. Oh, <laughs> what? And you already kind of like mentioned you have a yeah. lot of books. So mm. what books are currently on your nightstand? Well, I have about 20 of them, Lori. Lori. All right. <laughs> two Here's or three a, of your favorites. I will not make a huge list. That's true. I am reading Fierce with Compassion. I believe that's the name of it. And that's a great book. If I had had it, I would show it to you here. I do not have that one here. Uh, I am also reading, um, what else? A book called Ishmael which a lot of people might not have heard out. And it's all about, um, I, I've only just started it. And it's, it's about our impact on planet earth, mm-hmm. uh, but told there's a gorilla in there. There's a man in there, the gorilla talks. So it, it's, it's out there. It was, it was written, I believe in the seventies. And um, uh, that's a wonderful book. And what else can I, what else? I'm, I, I'm having a blank now. I'd have to take you into my room and, that's okay those are the those, at least those are the two that came up to mind yes yes and what is some advice that you wish you had learned years ago mm, that's always so good yeah be yourself that comes to mind how often did I try and be someone else and I see my daughters looking at TikTok and Instagram and, you know, wanting to be like Charlie or, you know, whoever's on, whoever's got the 10 million followers there. Right. Um, and, and changing. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. Be yourself because that is when we, you know, when we talk about that vibration again, when you are your true self and acting in accordance and doing things that you love, it all just resonates and you feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. In your body and in your and mind and you're happy. About, yeah. When you feel good in, in yourself, in your life, in your skin, that it just, just makes this journey so much more enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Yeah. That would be my, uh, my tip to everybody. Be everybody. yourself. Speak your truth. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been a fabulous conversation. All of the information will be down in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on the podcast. Mm, thank you so much for having me, Lorianne. This has been a wonderful conversation and I just felt it flowed, right? You know, sometimes, and again, because we're talking about what we're passionate about, it just flows. That's right. 
It just flows. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.